Before the episode begins, I just want to say this episode deals with drugs, addiction, what it's like to be involved in that. Uh, this might not be a cup, your cup of tea, um, but I think it's important to hear the story, to hear where Matt has been, and to hear where he's at now. Um, but you may not want to listen to this with kids around or in a car with kids, um, but I'll leave that up to you. Just wanted to give this little disclaimer. Enjoy the episode. My name is Matt Zaitis. I am uh, a former addict in recovery, um, hopefully soon here, celebrating six years sober. And this is the Nerdball Podcast. This is the Nerdball Podcast with Lorenzo Melcher. Perfect. All right, Matt, thanks for uh, coming on the podcast today. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I've known you for a while. Actually, my wife's known you a lot longer. <laughs> yeah, since uh, I was born. <laughs> yeah, you guys were neighbors <laughs> yep. for a while. Yep. Um, did you guys play together a lot? She was actually my babysitter. Oh, was she? Yeah. Okay. So she I never, was... I never paid attention to how <laughs> how much the age range was. Yeah. So she was the one who uh, uh, taught me actually how to ride a bike. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, especially that that first time where we we had to rip the training wheels off. So, <laughs> so she was there for my biggest moment as a child. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So it was cool. It and was you, very cool. You, you've lived your your whole. You grew up in Perrysburg. Yeah. Yeah. Up until I was about twenty one. Yeah. Yep. And then you decided to get out of here. Yep. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> All right, so so uh, like you said, in the introduction. You're you're an addict, yes. uh, recovering, um, and that's it's very interesting to me because my brother passed away from an overdose. My mom is an alcoholic who's been sober for a while now, mm-hmm. and it is to me, and I'm sure going through it, it's such a misunderstood thing. Absolutely, um, it's such a people say, why are they doing that? You know, it seems so easy to not do it, but it's not. It's diff- very difficult. Yeah. once yeah. you get in it. Uh, it's a brain disease, and it, yes. and it gets into you, and it's hard to get out. Some people don't. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So, so when did you growing up? How was your How was your family life growing up? You, yeah, it, it was tough. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I lost my dad at a very young age. Um, so growing up without a father figure, I didn't have too much direction as to how to take my life. Um, you know, luckily I had a I had an awesome mother yeah. who uh, took both roles. Um, but you know, once, once that, that trauma kind of set in, um, my life kind of started to take a different direction as to, you know, what I wanted to do. So, you know, I had a, I had a very promising opportunity for my life. Um, but I, I personally didn't feel like I deserved it. Yeah. Um, so that kind of, it kind of took a, a weird path for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I started to, you know, be around some people who, Probably wasn't necessarily the best. And uh, what age models. do you think that started? At? This all started since I was ten years old. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and of course, you know, I was so young, I never understood how to process any of the, those emotions that I was feeling. Yeah. Um. So I was ex- experimenting with different things. You know, started drinking alcohol at a very young age. Um, surrounding myself with older people who were, you know, doing drugs, smoking weed, drinking, um, mm-hmm. and hanging out with them, which und- ended up taking me down that that path I did cuz that's kind of where I felt like I was I was welcomed where when, I didn't feel weird when you yeah cuz that that makes you yeah like you said feel welcome that yeah. is a, a important thing in there mm-hmm. like these are these are my people now yeah. yep. when you started drinking and doing all that at a young age was your mom aware of any of that she was not yeah yeah she, honestly and I don't think she was actually fully aware of anything that I was doing up until I was about like probably 22 years old really yeah so it had been going on for over a decade. Yeah, yeah, very young. Yeah, yeah. 
it's a uh, it, it's shocking to think about something like that happening for somebody so young. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you know, I, I ended up getting sober and I started to to meet new people. Um, you'd be surprised at how many people have the same story. Yeah. Um, it's 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 sad, but at the same time, it's very empowering, especially when you see somebody who you know has been self-medicating for such a long time end up, you know, changing their life completely. It's, well, it's, it's incredible. It's, it's the same thing for how you started. Like, these are my people, and th- that's how you got into all this uh, drug and alcohol. Mm-hmm. And then when you get into recovery, you're like, no, these are my people. Yeah. Because they they know exactly what yep. I went through. And it's it's the same phrase, but they're on two totally different spectrums. Absolutely. Completely yeah. agree. Yep. Yeah. So... <clears throat> So I, I agree. Your, your mother is awesome. We, yeah, you know, uh, we call her Mrs. Z. Even even as adults, it's it's. I've said here before. It's so hard to call people that I know as Mr. and Mrs. Yep. Like their first name. So she's always Mrs. Z. I'm the same way. Or Yaya. My kids call her yep. Yaya. Yep. You know. And but she is awesome. And I I remember as you said, like she she kind of picked up on it later. Yeah. Towards the end, and I remember. Her talking about it, and I would talk to other adults, mm-hmm. like they would tell her, like, "Well, just stop doing this or stop doing that," and it is yeah. impossible to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially as a parent, because yeah. you know, I feel like you want to do everything you can. You don't want to say no to your child. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think the the best thing that she could have done for herself and for me was to cut that tie completely. Yeah, uh, that tough love. You know, I had to I had to learn what it was like to be by myself. Yeah, and it's it's so impossible to do for me for my brother. I was one of the first ones in my family to say, "No, I'm not giving you any more money anymore." Right. And my parents, they they got. I mean, they would still help every once in a while, but they got pretty close to not doing anything. But yeah. my dad said, "You know how hard it is to drop." your kid off at cherry street mission yeah or to drop him off knowing he's going to be sleeping on the street mm. he goes but that's how far he got like he could never say we can't have in contact anymore because right. you can't you're never going to be able to do that right and, and if you don't as a parent if you don't experience that as with your own child and hopefully people don't do that but it's it's impossible for you to understand what they're going through yeah it's it's one of the hardest things to do and, and to be quite honest um my my mom she did the same exact thing uh, and that was the best thing that was for me because then that 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 grounded me to the point of this is my reality right now yeah you know it was it was a uh, 6 30 in the morning that she dropped me off right there at the the Zeff center okay. parking lot yeah. and i had the option to either walk away or sit there until they opened um, and that gave me enough time to reflect and and, uh, and understand that this is what I had to do. Yeah. Um, let, let's go back to um, when you were younger and going through your very you started drinking alcohol mm-hmm. and and smoking marijuana. What when I guess what age was it when you escalated to whatever whatever the, you escalated to? So I would probably say I was around thirteen, fourteen, where I started to experiment with harder uh, substances. Uh-huh. Um, you know, hanging out with the people and, and gaining that that huge crowd of um, our friends who weren't the best influence. It, it opened up more access to different things. So I would say around the, the 13, 14 age, probably around, you know, that summer where I was uh, about to become a freshman, I started to test the waters with uh, with cocaine okay. um, and uh, prescription medicine, um, especially like over-the-counter medications too. Um and uh, that kind of just escalated everything to yeah. a completely different level. Um, you know, I, th- I thought it was cool at the time because you know I was a high school kid. I wanted to I wanted to party. Yeah. But um, it was just it was just masking everything that I I needed to do with my life. So mm-hmm. it was 
I was, I, yeah, I was way too young to be to be doing those types of things. Yeah. Um, I never got an opportunity to heal from any of the stuff that I went through as a younger child. You know, from from that moment on, it was just numb. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was it was I was very young when I started to, to get into the the hard stuff. And that's um, and and you weren't alone. Obviously, you yeah. had people you were doing that with. Yeah. And it's that's what's hard for people to understand is especially uh, in Perrysburg. Like people want to know, want to think like, oh, this there's nothing like that here. Yeah, yeah. But but I always tell people it might be worse here because people have money. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So a fun fact about Perrysburg, actually, a very very long time ago, the high school was always referred to as Perrysburg High School Heroin High. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a, that was probably a long time ago though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's it's and they they parents don't want to see their kids do that yeah. or don't want to believe it's happening. Right. Right. Like they might see, maybe see signs of it like, Oh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and try to try to look the other way or think that it's not happening, but it happens. And, and people need to understand that it's everywhere. Yeah. You're not, no town or city or state is special. Yep. Right. Absolutely. If kids, kids and adults want to find it, they're going to find it. Yeah. And I think it's important to hear stories like yours mm-hmm. and like my mother where, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to stay this way. You just have to be willing to, to do like what your mom did eventually yeah. and say, here you go. You decide what you want to do yep. and, um, or do what I did and, and just say, we can't, I can't do this anymore, mm-hmm. you know, which is yep. easier for a brother than it is for a mother. Absolutely. Um, but, but it does. And, and your mom dropping you off, yeah. it did exactly what it's supposed to do because, you have to make that decision, yeah. right? Someone yeah. can't just be like, hey, you're going to rehab. The court's saying you got to go to rehab. That's not going to – it might not help. Now, sometimes it right. does because people yeah. it's a wake-up call to people. Yeah. But they have to be willing to do it. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I was, I was very, very – I'm very grateful for that opportunity that I had because uh, I always say, you know, this is, this is all about motivation. You want to be motivated to, to do this for yourself and to change your life completely. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I was, uh, I was handled consequences – uh, very quickly um, towards that that last year of my addiction, so I was very very lucky to have been dropped off at that treatment center at that yeah. time, and that was my my one and only opportunity to do this, and yeah. I grabbed it and I ran with it. So that was that was the biggest part, and, and you know I always will say this, and, and every single time that I, I talk about my stories, I give a lot of my credit to my mother mm-hmm. for for my sobriety. You know she that tough love that. Uh, that is is huge, huge motivation because that's you know that's the one thing that I thought I still had, and that was the one thing that I, I grasped onto and wanted to never ever lose. You know, I had that support, though it may not have felt like it. But um, well, yeah, because you had your mother was the one here. Like, here's the money. You know, here's yeah. here's money. Yep. You know, um, I I know. I know probably a lot more than you think I do. Like oh, I, yeah. heard, I heard about you know like you had this job like oh I didn't get my paycheck or whatever yeah. and then you, your mom yep. would give you money. Lots of manipulation. Yeah, and it yeah. Just, and it seems um, just as someone who's never been through that life, it seems like such a hard thing to do. But at the time, it's mm-hmm. probably really easy. Yeah, it, it comes second nature because at at that point in time in your life, it's it's fight or flight. Yeah, you know, it's this is what I have to do to survive, even though you know this isn't actually survival. Mm-hmm. This is just maintaining your 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 daily numbness. Yeah. So I mean the. <laughs> The amount of stuff that you know us addicts can think up to just manipulate anybody and anyone is is insane, yeah. absolutely insane. <laughs> and like to me, if my brother would have put that effort into 
Like he could have been a really good car salesman. Yeah. Or yeah. he could have been <laughs> he was really good at construction. He was like whenever he took his addictive mentality and mm-hmm. put it into when he wasn't wanting drugs, he put it into whatever job he was doing. And people always liked him because he was good at his work because he yep. put everything into it. Yeah. You know, absolutely. And, and my brother was a little bit different um than than you, where he could go three, six, nine months without doing anything yeah. and then go on a bender for four days. Right. You know, and so that's what was even more hard, more difficult for me to understand is like, mm-hmm. well, you're doing this, like, just continue to right, do it. Right. But it never. Even my dad said, up until the, the day he passed away, my dad said he he was wasn't even close. Yeah. Like it looked like he was, but he wasn't. And yeah. my dad knew with you know, um, married to my mom, like he knew signs and stuff of that. And and it looked like as an as an outsider, like, oh, how's he doing? Oh, he's he's good. He's been sober for for nine months, and mm-hmm. then like the next day, it's yeah. You know, he's not anymore. It, yeah, it, it, it can, uh, the script can flip very quickly. Yeah. Um, and, and that just goes back to the fact of uh, our, our master manipulation. Uh, you know, we can make anybody see what, what they want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but in reality, we, oh, we only, only we know the, the darker truth of, of what it is that's going on in our heads. Yeah, and that makes it, I mean, you had to still feel horrible, like saying, oh, yeah. hey, mom, can I get some money? And then doing drugs helped you not feel that way for a little bit, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's that initial sting of man, I'm just I'm really just screwing this all up, yeah. and then I'm high, and it's just like nothing else matters in the yeah. world at that point in time. Yeah. Were you were you by yourself for a lot of these times towards the end? So or were you still with with these um, people. So, you know, I a lot of people like to refer to their using friends as not actual friends. Mm. Um, I had one of my friends who was actually a very very close friend of mine. Um, when I ended up becoming homeless for, you know, a few months, he would, uh, he would actually choose to, to be homeless and stay on the streets with me. Oh, so wow. I wasn't alone. So I was, uh, I was very, very fortunate to have somebody who was there with me just in case, you know, if anything crazy happened. Um, but you know, there, there was a date and time where, you know, he ended up getting arrested and then going down to Columbus to, uh, the refugee ministries. And my brother went there. Yeah. He, it was it was awesome, and actually, we donated some money. People that donated, mm-hmm. like, donated money to the refuge. Yeah, I've heard great things about it. Yeah. Um, well, unfortunately for him, he was a uh, he was very, um, what's the right word to say? So he was he was Jewish, so he didn't okay. practice like Catholic or okay, or, yeah. or Christian um, uh, religions. So he felt very out of place there. Yeah. Um, so he ended up hitchhiking back to Toledo um, while I was in Zeph Center. So. Um, he was the, the, that final person who was there with me. Um, unfortunately he's no longer with us. Oh, um, I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you. Yeah. It was, uh, I was 11 days sober when he passed away. Oh. So it was, it, that was, a uh, that was another wake up call, yeah. you know? Um, but, uh, there was a lot of times where I was alone, um, going into, you know, situations where I should not be at all. I had no business being at some of these places where I've been or hanging out with the people I did. Uh-huh. Um, but you know. At that point in time, I didn't think about it. I didn't care what happened in the situations. You know, as long as I, my main goal was to obtain what I wanted, yeah, nothing was going to get in my way. Oh, definitely. And yeah. and all you know, the bridges that get burned and the friendships that aren't made anymore, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. yeah, not 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 at that point in time. There's just it's like tunnel vision, you yeah. know. And, and and the only thing that you can see at the end of that tunnel is is that next fix. Yeah. Were you were you using every day? Yeah, 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 a lot, wow. and and uh, you know, towards towards the end there too, you know, because my main thing was heroin um, when I got to that that point in time, but uh, towards the end of my addiction, I found out I could uh, experiment differently yeah. with different drugs, so you know, cocaine came into the picture again, um, and I found out you know you can use this with uh you know with a needle, and yeah. that just 
that sunk me. Wow, way deep. It's you know, and and we've talked about it before the podcast, but I appreciate mm. you talking about this. Yeah, of course. And I've known addicts that that this is what they do. They and when I go see my go to my mom's meetings and see her give leads and stuff, yeah. like just to hear the stories and and I don't know what's all involved in going to NA and AA and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And I don't know if they encourage, I, it sounds like they encourage you to sit, talk, like talk about it to yeah. help other people. Yeah. Right. So I, you know, I, again, I appreciate you coming out here because it's, sure. it is, it's, it seems, I mean, it's difficult to hear because, yeah. because I, I really like you and, yeah. and, um, and it's difficult to hear you do that. So I can't imagine what it feels like to talk about it again. It's, it's hard, but you know, at the same time, like I have fully accepted what I've done in my past. Mm-hmm. I'm not proud of it, but you know, I fully accepted that the fact that the things I've did has made me who I am today, Yeah. you know, and, and that's just, that's just something I own, you know, the, the, cause that just makes my accomplishments that, that much more greater. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm proud of myself for it, you know? Um, but if I can sit here and talk about it and one person yep. that sinks into their mind and they're like, man, yeah, this, this dude's right. You know, being sober is just, it's what I got to do. You know, mm-hmm. then that's, that's the end goal for me, man. I would, I just, I just want to know that it's for people to, it's okay to be not okay. Yeah. You know, and I just, I try to encourage it as much as I can. Yeah. Uh, so let's go back to when you got dropped off at the Zeph Center, you said yeah. you realized that this is your only chance. What 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 made you think like this is it? It's either go this way or go that way. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it was the fact where she she said she said get out of my car and yeah. and, and sit here and and uh, this is this is it it's treatment or 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 nothing where I'm gone. Yeah. And uh, I was like you know this, this is my mom you know yeah. the one person who's who's uh, it's her, it's her job to always have my back you know it's just like if I let that go away then then who am I yeah. you know. And uh, that was the toughest day because that day they were so busy at the Zeph Center and I didn't get an assessment until about like four o'clock in the afternoon. Really? So I sat there and stewed on everything. I was, did I you, haven't, I didn't use that day. So I was yeah. also very, very sick. Do you think, do you think, because as soon as you said that, part of me thinks like, man, that was on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, it's I feel like that also was a was a huge part in my success. Like I, you know, I feel like I don't want to say you know most people would you know up and go, but like you know in that situation it's so easy, especially you know where the Zeph Center is. You know it's 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 down there on Collingwood and Ashland. It's okay. not the greatest neighborhoods. I could have walked across the street and bought drugs. Wow. But uh, you know, just sitting there all day and just waiting and waiting and and finally doing it, I was like, okay, I got this opportunity now. Let's let's do this. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that waiting there, like at the end, that you thought, like, man, I I've been waiting here. What's there's no reason I should be leaving right now. Absolutely. I've been waiting the whole time. Absolutely. It's like, man, you know, I've been here so long. At this point in time, it would be just a waste of my time and everyone else's if I just yeah. walked out this door. Yeah. I, it makes me sad. <laughs> I, I picture your mom just like. Yeah. Barely being able to talk yeah. and say and and say get out. It was it was know. a very very quiet ride over to uh to the Zaf Center. Did you know where you were going? Um, I did, yeah, because you know that that previous night, um, she was just like, look, you know, you can you can sleep on the floor of my apartment, but tomorrow morning I'm dropping you off, and that's that. Oh wow! So uh, you know, at that time I was just like, all right, let's let's do this, and uh, you know, that, like I said, I grabbed onto that little bit of motivation, and I, I did not let go. And to, to to have to do it by herself too, yeah. Because my yeah. mom and my dad had each other to help yeah. get through it, right? absolutely. And 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 I I didn't know that that's what happened. Mm. So it gives me, you know, uh, your mom's your mom's an awesome person, but that's yeah. even more like, man, that's 
Yeah. That's it's it's so hard to do. She is yeah, I, I've put her through probably the most difficult of times and, and for her to to be able to do that on her own, you know, we didn't have no family in town. Uh, my brother's in a different state, you know, she didn't have any really support there to to get through that. So uh and that would that in itself was also motivation for me to get this together because I'm like, man, yeah, you know, she is up here all by herself. Like yeah. she needs me. Yes. You know, yeah. and I need her. So like if I screw this up, like there's it, no going back. It, it's not just you. It might be both of you. Yeah. 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 So it was a, it was a huge, huge eye opener for, for just like the littlest of a, of, of a moment that I thought at that time of it, you know, just being the long, quiet, quiet ride and, yeah. and the, the sitting as F center forever. That was crucial, crucial yeah. for me to, uh, to start my recovery. Wow. Um, I, I I uh, met you a few times. Um, I I didn't. I I probably met Jason or saw Jason Moore, your older brother. Yeah, yeah. Um, but to me, like, uh, I felt I had an instant connection with you mm-hmm. because of what what you went through and and what was happening. And every time I saw you, it made me smile because, like, man, this he's, he's doing so well. It <laughs> yeah. makes me feel so good. Like, I always wanted I always wanted to hug you and <laughs> and like you know I think a few times I told you you know like I. I'm glad you're doing well and everything yeah. because it, it's a tough thing and and yeah. to go through it it's it's impossible to to imagine. Yeah, and and you know what and and that's also that type of support and having that means the world to me and it also means the world to everyone else too. You know, just to feel that uh, someone sees what you're doing mm-hmm. and is is happy to see that it it feels so good to know that. Yeah. It really does. Um so, you know, that also in itself is motivation. So yeah. you know, I, I the longer I go and the longer I do this, and the the relationships that I, I continue to grow and to gain, that's all part of me continuing doing this. Yeah. You know, that's that's very important for me. So uh, tell me a little bit about the Zeph Center and what what they did for you to help you. Okay. Yeah. So Zeph Center was great. Um, and and did, <laughs> did you volunteer or work for them, or do you? I can't remember exactly what. Or... I did not volunteer for the Zeph Center. Okay. Um, All right. It was through a, a, another program that I did. Okay. Um, right. So Zeph Center was awesome. It was it was it was the best. Uh, I've had great services through there. Um, so immediately from the get. I, was, I felt comfortable, you know, it, when I was sitting there waiting for that whole period of time, I had people checking in on me, making sure that I was okay if I needed to go throw up into the bathroom <laughs> that someone was going to take me somewhere. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so when I got my, my assessment, and uh, I, I remember very specifically going back with this, this uh, I think, I'm pretty sure he was a therapist at the time, uh, this guy, he was just so compassionate and, and so caring about my well-being, and, you know... Um, he had a, a concern as to whether or not they had a bed for me. Mm-hmm. And he would not let me leave the building until he found out that there was a bed for me. So knowing that he was going above and beyond to, uh, to get me treatment because I sat there for so long was, uh, was great. It was a great feeling in itself. So right from the beginning, yeah. like, you, 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 you were treated really well. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, everyone was so friendly there and, and it was motivating. I mean, there was... There was hundreds of people walking in and out of there for either a treatment or for them to get their, you know, MACs or anything like that. But the staff in itself was just, it was uplifting. Mm-hmm. Um, so they ended up getting me into the, the detox unit. Great. It was, it's such a, a great setup they have there. Um, you know, they had everything to make me feel comfortable. So I had staff, they, they would check on me every hour. Um, 
They even gave us like little uh, like electronic cigarettes to smoke in detox because oh, really? you can't go outside. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, um, you know, they would always make sure like, hey, you need something to eat. You need, you need something to feel better. Like, yeah, let's help you out. So, you know, those first couple of days, it was just kind of like a relax, get your head straight really quick. And then we're going into this. So they had this thing called intensive group therapy right out of detox. So I was probably about three days in. Mm-hmm. Um, I had probably about six more days left of, of me detoxing. And, uh, man, this, this, this group, it was, it was like twice a day, and, and it, was just, it was intense. And it just dug straight into it. And, and the motivation for them to, to give me to, to actually fully engulf myself into what we were doing in those groups was mm-hmm. awesome. You know, I was, I, was, uh, I was opening up to things I've never talked about. Yeah. So, um. You know, after that, that was completed, I went to uh, went over to the recovery house, and this is this is <laughs> this is the weirdest thing to say, but I had so much fun when I was in rehab. <laughs> I say it over and over again because, like, I was so lucky to have such a huge group of people who were so serious about getting sober mm-hmm. that that we just we had a blast. Um, you know, a lot of those people I, I I don't necessarily keep in touch with still, but um, you know, we went out and and, and did all kinds of things, you know, we'd go to a, a park every Tuesday and just walk for hours. Mm-hmm. We'd go bowling, we'd go to movies, we'd go whole signs on the side of the street. So, you know, just doing things that like was fulfilling for my life was so good for me while I was there. The only thing that I wish they would have done better was, uh, was my case manager. <laughs> yeah. I saw her, I saw her once and then she disappeared for nine months. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, what? So <laughs> she uh, she she showed up to the the recovery house. She's like, let's let's get you on on Medicaid. And I'm like, all right, cool. I filled out the application, and uh, you know, six months later, I still don't have insurance. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, you know, that 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 gave me a little bit of some uh, some independence. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> it's just, it's just funny to think about because now you know I'm a case manager. I'm like, dude, I would totally get canned if I did that to somebody. <laughs> So, so you're, while you're in recovery, all you're, all you're, all you are worried about is in recovery. So you don't have a job. You don't have anything, right? You're just there. Yeah. So at that time, um, my, my sole concern was, was get my, get my head together. Okay. Um, it says get sober, stay sober, mm-hmm. and then we can, we can figure out, you know, jobs after that. Um, so once I completed all of my treatment requirements, my, and, my and, IGT and, and stuff And how like long, that, how long was that? That was about six months. Okay. Um, so six months, I had no job, uh, and, and no you're income. Staying there. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, the only sort of income I had was food stamps. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, which I mean was perfect for me because you know I didn't really need money to yeah. do anything. You know, I had everything at my resources right there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, at, at about six months, so <laughs> I had a conversation. I said, you know what, I should probably get a job in case I want to like move out of here yeah. at some point. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, I ended up uh, doing some uh, some research, and there was this cool restaurant that was that was opening up in Perrysburg, you know, Max Amounts, um, and uh, I was I was very 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 lucky for them to, uh, to to give me a job there to get me back into the swing of of being responsible, mm-hmm. you know, and and you know as soon as I walked into that interview, I said, you know what, I, I'm in rehab, just want to let you know. So like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. so uh, you know if you're willing to work with it, then I'm willing to do whatever it needs to do for this job. Do they do like the Zeph Center? Like, say, here's recommendations for when you go 
for a job interview or something? Or, yeah. or did you just take it upon yourself? Like, I got to tell them everything because <laughs> I owe it to them. So they do have uh, um, people who will, will teach you, you know, uh, independent living skills, uh, job writing skills. Uh, they can help you, um, you know, make a, a resume. Um, but at that point in time, I felt so like motivated to do this. Yeah. I just went in and I was like, cards <laughs> on the table, man. Like I'm in, I'm in rehab. I barely, yeah. I don't think my car even works right now, but like, <laughs> I'll be here for sure. <laughs> and that was that, you know, they, they gave me the job and that was like, that was exactly what I needed at that time. Yeah. You know, it was, I was managing a restaurant for nine bucks an hour. You wow. Know, just, just, just slinging mac and cheese all day. <laughs> but, hey, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, so, um, Where's your mom in all this, like the whole time, the six months you're there? So within that, that, that treatment aspect, she, uh, she kept her distance, which I completely respected because just as much as I needed to heal, so did she. Yeah. I think maybe the only few times um, like I got to see her was either A, if she was like willing to like come to like an Al-Anon meeting okay. or when she took me to my friend's funeral. Okay. Um, so there was, there was distance, but the support was there. Yeah. Um, because, you know, obviously I had to show her that this was exactly what I was doing. Yeah. Um, I couldn't sit there and just tell her because, you know, <laughs> you know, I've been, I've been in a, in a, in a mental institution before and, and here I am texting her at day two saying I'm, I'm cured. You come get me. <laughs> you know? So it's like, wow. I have proven like that doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the, there was distance, but you know, the love and support was, was 110% there. Um, you know, and I dove into this new program that was, uh, you know, was really good for me at the time. And she, she picked me up and she took me to the meetings. She would come to the meetings. She would talk to the meetings. You know, she, she did the things she had to do to heal mm-hmm. as, just as much as I did. So it was, uh, even though the distance was there, like we were both doing what we had to do for, for ourselves and it was really good. Yeah. And, and sometimes that's, that's the best thing to happen, right? So she's, yeah. she's been your you know, dependent, yeah. you know, or you've been her dependent and, and just, just to have separation and, and to know it had to make you feel better. Like, Hey, yeah. I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And despite me not seeing her, I know mm. she's doing what she has to do. Absolutely. It and, was, it was a good feeling. And it's, it's gonna, and however it ends, it ends. Maybe it ended with her realizing like, we can't see each other a few times, but a few, mm-hmm. few times a year, or it's okay to see each other all the time, yeah. you know, but however it ends, it, it's, this is how it's supposed to be. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was good, you know, cause, uh, it gave me the opportunity to really like take action in my life and into my recovery. And, uh, you know, I don't want to say like the, the relationships came back quickly, but, um, the support came very fast. Um, not only from her, but you know, from my grandparents and, and from other people as well. Yeah. You know, after a few months of doing this and, and them seeing that I'm doing this was was a was good. And you know, to see my motivation to to continue to move forward with it and not just stop halfway through, mm-hmm. I think that was a that was very crucial into keeping these relationships. And there's always going to be people that see you as who you used to be. Yeah. And for and sure. and you can't fault them for that. No. No, I can't. You know, I, I painted this picture yeah. for a long time, yeah. and and I've I've a hundred percent accepted it. And you know, if if uh, if people don't want to to view me as who I am today, that's totally okay, and I'm okay with that because you know I I've, I've made the bed that I lay in. You know, have have I changed my life a hundred percent? Yeah, but you know, I can't change someone's opinion. I just don't let it become my reality. Yeah, 
Yeah, and that's a that's such a hard thing to do, and and the way you say it, it sounds simple, but it's such a hard thing yeah. to do. Just be like, I don't care what that person thinks about me. Right. It took a long time for me to just like not care what people think. You know, I there's there's still people out there who who don't like me just because of my past. And, yeah. You know, for for a little bit there, yeah, it, it ate me up inside. I'm like, how can you hate me? Like, I'm doing so good right now. Like, look at me. <laughs> and, and you know what? It's just like, okay, like I totally understand. Like, I, yeah. I was a dirtbag. Like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I totally understand why you don't like me, so you know I, I accept that. Well, that's that's good because that that helps you move on. And then if mm-hmm. that person decides to be like, all right, I'm going to give Matt a chance again, yeah, then 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 it's cool. Then it, let's you know let's get through this or Absolutely. whatever you know because clearly you have gotten through that point and now. Yep. It is what it is. Yeah, you know, I can't, I can't force somebody to to change their opinion or or to to I can't, I can't force somebody to feel different emotions. So you know, that's a that's another thing. Even my my job, you know, uh, explains. It's like I can't force somebody into doing this as much as you can't force somebody into recovery. I can't change your mind if you're you're solely set as to this this vision you have of me. Mm-hmm. So I a hundred and ten percent respect the fact that you don't like me. So. I will just keep my distance and do what I have to do, and I'll let you do what you have to do, and you know that's that's that. Yeah. So so at how long after or how long um, into into your sobriety did you start working as a, as where you at? What are you where you at right now? It's called Empowered for Excellence. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> and this is kind of it's kind of weird how this all played out. So. I was uh, I was going to you know racing for recovery. I was yeah. volunteering through them and. Uh, you know, we uh, they they helped me get my my CDCA and stuff like that, and you know things didn't work out where I I couldn't have worked there. So, um, I got a job offer through Empowered for Excellence. I think I was like a year and a half sober. So I was okay. just like, like, are you sure? Like, <laughs> I was <laughs> like, gonna ask you, like, is there, is there a thing like, hey, you got to be at least five years in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, man, like, like I'm like I'm still pretty new here. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, this person that I knew who who offered me a job had full full like full potential and like she was just like man like you can do this like you're gonna be great at this now do you feel that as pressure or do you feel that feel good like oh she can do it i I know i can do it she thinks i can do it (laughs) it felt good um just because like i knew who she was and like uh you know we were we were all doing the same stuff through the same like program like volunteering and and we were running support groups and stuff like that together so you know when she told me that i was like yeah dude like i could be good at this and you know when she called me that morning i was just like Oh shit! Like I'm nervous. Like, <laughs> like this is real. This is coming a reality really quick. Yeah. And um, you know when that when that happened, um, you know it was it was weird how everything came to life because at that point in time, you know that agency was not put together perfectly. Okay. So I wasn't trained perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just a, it was a lot of like me finding out how to do stuff on my own, mm-hmm. um, which was cool. You know, I was I was learning new things, new techniques, how to how to help people, how to you know, treat certain things. So, uh, you know, still being fresh at, at, a, at a year and a half, you know, sober, I was questioning a lot of things that I was doing and I was questioning whether or not, like, should I be teaching this to people? Cause like, I barely know if like <laughs> I'm doing this correctly. Like, <laughs> um, but I was just, I was consistently motivated. And I think the, the thing that kept me so grounded was the fact that the, 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 uh, the positive support from clients, was insane. Yeah. Absolutely insane. You know, we had a huge clientele at that point in time and their response from them was it was wild. You know, we'd have these these groups that were just over the top and you would see five different five to thirty different light bulbs turn on in people's heads at once. 
And that was like, that was, that was awesome to see. So, you know, even though I didn't necessarily know exactly what I was doing, whatever um, you were doing was, helping. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it was helping me too. Like, I felt like this is my purpose. Like, like seeing all these people just be like, Oh yeah, dude, sober is the, the way to go. And, you know, and to see them carry that forward, I was just like, maybe I, I'm making an impact on some of this stuff. Like maybe I'm doing this correctly. Yeah. You know I mean? Like on the legal aspect, some of the things I was doing wasn't so correctly just because I wasn't oh, no. trained. <laughs> but, but you know, if, if, it, if it kept some people sober, then, you know, absolutely. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. You know? So it was weird at first, but you know, the longer and longer I started to do this, the, the more and more I started to learn about the industry mm-hmm. and, and the yeses and the nos and the don't do this and the do that type stuff. Um, you know, that came kind of came, full circle really quickly yeah so and it changes every year so i'm always still learning about what to do uh, with different stuff you know and that's that's just uh ohio's treatment for us you know well and there's never for for sobriety there's never like this is the path oh yeah yeah it's just it's a a (laughs) shotgun blast of let's try there's a bunch of stuff yeah you know that we can try all this stuff (laughs) yeah and, and some some this path works for other some people, and this one doesn't. You know, it's right, and and that is honestly the the true beauty behind treatment is because it used to be that way. It used to be cookie cutter. This yeah. is it. This is how it's going to go. But now, you know, Medicaid and stuff like that is, is is taking a turn towards more individualized treatment of meeting the client where they are. So that I think that was a huge, huge game changer in, in the treatment aspect. Yeah. So where did your where did your wife come into all this, and, and when did when did she, when did uh, she meet you or you meet her? Oh man, this is this is a, a great story. So uh, <laughs> so I knew her mom before I knew her. Okay. Um, she she was going to the same support group meetings I was, and, and we would we would talk. She would always try and get me to come out to a, get pizza, but I was still like in that nervous type of like, yeah. I don't know, I don't, I don't really like meeting new people <laughs> kind of kind of way, you know? Like I'm yeah. still I'm still scared, um, and. Uh, so, you know, this, this program where I was doing these support groups, we would hold like these meetings um, on weekly. So <laughs> we had the, this big meeting in the church to see what we can do differently with uh, different support groups. And she was offered this, uh, this thing to do with like, with like art because she's super big into to doing art. Your wife? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, I was coming straight from work, and I had the day from hell. Like it was just—it was so brutal. I was Mac covered. And cheese everywhere. Yeah, dude, there was cheese and dishwater <laughs> all over me. I'm pretty sure, like, I sliced my finger way open on a huge like knife. So I'm walking into this church with like blood running down my hand and just smelling like dirty cheese water. And <laughs> and so okay, that's a good band name, oh, dirty man. cheese water. I, I agree. <laughs> So I sit down right next to her. And I'm like, dude, I, I don't have a chance in, in hell. Like this, is, I, I smell, I look gross, and I'm probably bleeding on her as we speak. Um, <laughs> Did you go into it knowing like, hey, I want to try to talk to her? Yeah, yeah. So like, I seen her at a couple uh, of meetings uh, okay. before with her mom, but like I never like actually like spoke to her until like this moment. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so I sat next to her, and, and uh, we ended up working towards you know trying to start like an art art group meeting. Um, which it didn't really pan out. Yeah. Um, but it, it got me her phone number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I always used uh, and this is funny. This is so funny. So like I uh, I ended up uh, hopping on Instagram and finding her on Instagram and uh, <laughs> I like met, I commented on something she posted like four years ago. <laughs> Dang, you're in the you're deep in the vault. Yeah, I was I was man. creeping. I was creeping. <laughs> I was creeping. <laughs> and so yeah, after we were like messaging back and forth on Instagram, I, I texted her and I was like, I, I, I'm going to shoot my shot. This is, this is how I do it. This is how I've always done it. It's like, hey, you want to come to my soccer game tonight? 
and that was that. It's 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 been history. She she showed up and that yeah. Wow. That's it's been that way ever since. And and she's and she's it sounds like she's been in that life too. Not yeah. not on your side, right? Yeah. On on the other side, like yeah. your mom's side. Yeah. So she understands which which helps in a relationship understanding what the other person's going through. Absolutely. Yeah. And and you know, I you know, to be to be hundred percent honest here, like it is one of the most comforting things to know like I'm in a relationship with somebody who doesn't isn't like predisposed but to like, you know, substance use issues. You know. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, she's you know, she's drank and and maybe like three times and, and stuff like that, but like I don't have to worry about her like you know, lighting up a joint when I get home from work and, yeah. or something like that. So it's like, it's very, very comforting to know that my home aspect is nothing that's toxic. Like you can come home and you know every day is going to be a good day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, you know, it, you, life is life. You know, we have our struggles. Sure. But at the same time, it's just like, I don't have to worry about me and her like going to the Cherry Street Mission at the end of the yeah. day or having to worry about like children's services coming into our lives you know mm-hmm. so it's like it's it's very comforting to know that we're both like on the same path of, of just trying to to better our lives you know hers may be different than mine but you know together it's it's our lives yeah. so it's it's really cool and you have a kid together now yeah you yeah. have a couple couple dogs uh we have one dog, one dog. yeah he's a, a hundred pound monster. Uh, he's yeah he's a monster dude. he's he all over the place yeah. and and we have our little cat uh our lizard did not make it through through one of the years, so <laughs> kind of forgot we had him. But <laughs> it's a, um, it's a it's it's very clustered in our house because you know we this is the first house we bought, so yeah. having a, a big dog and a, and a cat that just just runs everywhere yeah. and, and a little kid, it's it's a it's chaotic, but it's fun. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I mean it's you don't think in your life like okay this is what I'm, I'm going to have this house with a dog and a cat and the kid yeah. and it just happens and you yeah. deal with it and it's awesome it is is incredible you know if you would have asked me 6 years ago hey man can you see yourself working at a treatment center with a wife and a kid and a dog yeah. and a house like dude like no there's no way like i don't know who I'm you think i right am now. what are you doing <laughs> right right yeah. so like to be able to achieve all this stuff like it's 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 really it's really good to know like this is how far i've come you know obviously you know, the house and stuff like that. Like, that's just, you know, material things. But, like, to, mm-hmm. to have developed, like, a life is, is incredible. Did, Never thought I could have done this. I was going to ask you, like, you, you probably, at, at even, like, your lowest point, you're like, there's there's no way anything good is going to happen. Yes. You know, when when I was at that point, I was 100% accepting of the fact that I was going to live the rest of my life this way or I was going to die. And so, you were probably, and you were okay with that. I was, like, yes. Yeah. I was very okay with that. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, uh, so that's. It's huge for me to, you know, go from that to, to being, you know, here. Like, yeah. it's, it's insane because, you know, at that point, it was just, it didn't matter. It was Russian roulette every single day. And uh, I was just, it was just kind of just weighing my options as to which one it was going to be. Mm-hmm. So, this is a huge game changer. Do you, do you come across in your job, do you just deal with your clientele or also their families? So, me personally, in my position, um, I don't deal with their families. Okay. Um, that's more of like on a, on a therapist line, but you know if if a if a client has questions to ask about, hey, you know how do I rebuild trust or how do I, um, you know set boundaries with my family, then you know I'm always open to having that discussion and trying to educate them on that. I just don't, I'm not clinically certified to be with the family. Yeah. Okay. All right. I would imagine that part's easier for you anyway. Yeah. You, like I know this person. Yeah. You know I don't know how their families are. So yeah, and, and with the with the whole treatment thing too, it's like. You know, it's like you got to kind of walk on eggshells with what you do. 
just because there's just so many different things that you have to watch what you say and watch mm-hmm. what you do because it could be it could go from like helping to illegal very fast. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> so, um, you know, I always try and, and, and do something from more of like a, a support aspect. You know, that's that's something big for, for what I can do. So if if I can give advice, um, you know, that that that's cool. It but I I can't sit there and tell somebody like this is what you're gonna do. Yeah. So Because that wouldn't have worked for you. Yeah, no, absolutely not. No. Yeah. <laughs> I was, you know, being open to suggestions is, is probably the, the best way to do this, you know. If somebody would have told me what to do, I'd have been like who are you? Like, yeah. you don't tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, just being able to to throw that option on a table for somebody and have them be able to, to take that and use that in an opportunity that they have coming up is, is pretty cool. You know, I, I think uh, one a real important factor in this is, is if you have a family member going through this, yeah. they have an addiction, that that you, being the, the family member, also need to to get help yeah like you need to to figure out how to deal with it too and and for a long time i mean my my parents growing up my parents um they partied a lot and and you know they had fun and but i never i never started going to al-anon meetings Mm. Uh, i think there was a couple months span where i did i went to a a men's meeting and it was it was so awesome like Mm -hmm. even my first meeting i I said something like i just why i like talking and telling stories and stuff so It was so awesome for me to hear like other people because in those meetings they don't they don't tell you like oh you should do this or you should do that because yeah. you're not supposed to right. they're, they're there to listen and to tell stories similar to yours and maybe you get something from it yep yep and I think that's that what people don't understand is when you have a family member going through this you need to figure out ways how you can help yourself and how you can make yourself feel better and how, how to deal with them because you're not going to force them to do anything if they don't want to. Right, right. Yeah, 100%. You know, and that's a, that's the cool thing about, you know, programs like Al-Anon or, uh, you know, like, like Racing, for, Racing for Recovery or, mm-hmm. you know, anything else out there that has the, the family aspects because a lot of people don't think of the fact that you need both sides to heal, you know, because if only the edit goes and takes care of their business, there's still going to be issues on the other end mm-hmm. uh, that aren't going to be resolved, and that's gonna that's gonna draw some some uh, some payback, not payback, but like some some drawback, a, yeah, you know, and it doesn't necessarily help that relationship get back to something that's that's healthy. So you know, when you have both ends healing, that is like you know, it's it's so cool, especially when you do it separately, yeah, and then at some point in time you do it together. It's it's a really cool thing to see. Like I love watching like in meetings, family members just support their their kids or their loved ones or their husbands or wives or whatever. Yeah, and like just to see one person talk about the person in recovery and just to see the emotions that come with that, it's so cool to see. Yeah, yeah. that happened to my parents. So my my parents divorced when I was I don't know around twenty twenty one maybe 19 and my mom just left mm-hmm. like cuz she she was still drinking then and she just left cuz she she needed to get sober and yep. they and they were she was gone for a while my parents separated and they were divorced for several years and but they were both working on themselves independently yeah. like my mom was doing what she thought she had to do my dad was going to church doing what thought he had to do and then they they came back together and they actually got remarried and and mm. but they're I always tell them I tell like when I when I tell friends like my parents got remarried <laughs> I was like but they're like two totally different people yeah and they're still my mom and dad but they're they're different towards each other yeah. and that's what needed to happen that's awesome yeah and it was but like you said just to be independent of each other to figure it out and yeah. then come back together yep yep super important very important so you know when that happens it is such a, an amazing thing to witness yeah and and 
being being there the whole time. I think yeah. I, they were always at holidays and birthdays together. Like they, yeah. they never like totally separated, but they knew what they had to do. Mm-hmm. And it sucked at the beginning, you know, for everybody because well, yeah. it yeah. always does. Yeah, for sure. You know, but it's so much better for everyone now. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it, to see the people make that kind of progress and like, especially like over time, like, you know, when they're two separate people and then, you know, you see them at, at different, you know, it's like you said, like a holiday or a birthday mm-hmm. and just see like the progress each of them have made. Yeah. And then coming to this one final point of just mm-hmm. like coming back together is just that i think that's just so cool yeah and that's got to yeah. feel like when you're working with clients yeah. too to see all that like oh, you said absolutely. it's got to feel really good yeah like it, it, i mean our, our our company like we have a lot of people who come from out of state out of city people who don't have any family you know they have nobody yeah so like that does get tough um especially knowing that like you know if, if i have a client who has nobody to turn to outside you know what that means extra work for them you know i'm i'm a, i'm gonna I'm put in some more work to make sure that you know when they leave these 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 doors that they're gonna have something set up to where they're gonna be successful and they're not gonna be alone mm-hmm. you know and that's why 110 percent of the time i always always say support is the number one thing that's gonna help keep you sober yeah um, and it's not just you know if you meet people in rehab that that's not it's not just that it's just making friends you know the people on the outside who are going to be like your your ride or die friends who are going to be there at the drop of a hat if you need to you know that's that's the type of stuff that's going to save your life when the time comes yeah. so you know support is like crucial when it comes to you know bettering your life so there's only so much patting yourself on the back yeah. that would take you yeah and just having one extra person like along yeah, for the ride absolutely you know? yep yep and it, anybody honestly man like you know it could be a sponsor a spiritual advisor mm-hmm. uh you know a friend you meet in a meeting or just some dude you met in like a wendy's drive-thru like yeah. <laughs> if someone's gonna be there to to listen to you when you need it the most you know that's that's that's, that's important because you know without that it's just nothing but isolation and, and self-doubt and being alone in those moments is just it's a terrifying thing yeah because all you all you have is your mind, man. Yeah, and and that can do some terrible things to you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've we've proven that our minds have got us into the worst of situations, yeah. and it can take us right out of the best. Yeah. So. yeah. It's a it's pretty tricky. We I like to call it the the, the inner narrator inside the head that yeah. wants to continue and and and, uh, and tell us the things that we don't want to hear and make us believe it. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Man, I'm 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 happy for you, man. Thank you, thank um, you. And before, oh, I didn't want to tell you or ask one thing about yes. your clothing yes. that you got going on. So, yeah. so is this something that you started? It's uh, so <laughs> it's really funny how this, how this kind of worked out. So, um, I was I don't want to say I was getting like stagnant or complacent or anything like that, but I wanted to do something more. Okay. Um, I wanted to do something a little more personal. So, you know, I was talking with Shelby as to you know what can we do, and she's like, let's make T-shirts because you know she. She does, like, her own stuff, like, through, like, Etsy sometimes. Like, you know, she makes, like, uh, some clothes and just posts it on Facebook. And yeah. some people buy it here and there. Um, so, like, I'm like, dude, let's, let's start, like, a recovery brand, you know. And I was like, all right, let's, let's, let's do this. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, I have no clue what to call this thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm trying to think. And I'm, like, Googling different things. And I'm like, man, it's taken, 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 taken. Yeah. And uh, I was just having this one, like, just really busy day at work. And um, I was out with a client, and I'm just driving down. Like, I think it was, like, a Oregon. I was somewhere out in Oregon. And I, <laughs> I look over to the right, and there's this big sign that just said diamonds. And I'm like, 
diamonds, okay? It's like diamonds are like the most beautiful thing and, and they're like really hard. Yeah. So I was just like, you know, recovery is kind of hard and, and it's really beautiful to see. And I was like, oh, dude, I think we have something here. So I'm like, <laughs> I hopped on the phone with Shelby. I'm like, check this out. <laughs> so, you know, we thought it was like, hey, yeah, you know, let's, let's give this a shot. Let's, let's, let's see if we can do this. So I made the, you know, initial Facebook and, you know, I'm the, I'm the, the mind behind what I would like to see on yeah. the t-shirts and Shelby is like the person that brings it to life, okay which is super cool. So I was like, yeah, let's just, let's just open this up. Let's invite everybody and let's see the response we get. And like, I wasn't really expecting to get the like feedback from, you know, from doing it so quickly. I mean, it's been open up for like two, three weeks now. I think we have... I want to say I'm close to like 150 followers right now, oh, which nice. is, I thought, I thought I was going to be at like 10 at this point, yeah. you know, <laughs> but like, you know, there's just people who, who, uh, who really enjoy seeing it. And, uh, a few people have bought some shirts. Um, I think, uh, <laughs> I think your sister messaged us on SD too. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, the main purpose of this is what I, I want, I want to, cause you know, back when I got sober recovery was like popular it was like the the cool thing to do mm-hmm. and you know so it, you know right now it is, is probably the toughest time in our community for people to come into treatment and get sober because right now it's so easy to maintain an addiction yeah you know you got government assistance you got everything just like funneling in cash and it's comfortable so i feel like it's become one of those things where it's not talked about as as much as it used to be it kind of died down a little bit so i want to i want to try and flood these positive t-shirts and, and 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 motivation back into the community to get people to talk about it again you know i want people to be proud of what they're doing mm-hmm. and not be ashamed of what they did in the past yeah. so what we've done was uh you know we've de- developed the logo developed the brand and uh for people who, who buy the shirts um, I message them and give them the option to, uh, if, if they would like to take a picture and, and, uh, and wear the shirt or whatever they, they got from us and, and share their story, we'll, we'll spotlight it on our site. So I, I like just, that part. I've seen, I've read yeah, some of those. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. It's really cool. Cause, um, you know, it's, it's, what it's going to do is it's going to show people that there's a lot of different parts of recovery. Mm-hmm. You know, there's people who, you know, you know, aren't recovering from substance use or people who are recovering from, you know, mental illness. So it's going to, I think it's going to open up some topics and I think that's going to be really, really good. And, you know, end goal for me here is I would like to get the brand to a point to where I can start taking funds and donating it back to different causes. Yeah. So, um, that, that's what I would love to do. I would love to partner up with different agencies to, uh, you know, um, you know, make a design designed towards whatever they have going on and be able to, you know, donate proceeds. So. I think it's gonna be cool. It's yeah. gonna take some some slow work to to build it up, but uh, I think I, I think we got some really cool going. Yeah, that that's really cool, especially if you have people engaged like that. That's yeah. a good idea. Yeah, um, to have people share their story because everyone everyone's different, and, mm-hmm. and like you said, there's different ways to to get out of it. And if people have all these, if people see these stories or hear these stories, then it it helps them. Like, oh, that's that's just like me. I can do this too. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And, and, I, that's, and that's the best way to to uh, to get people, you know, talking about it and and living this lifestyle is just to be a, a pillar of hope. Mm-hmm. You know, because you know when I was in that that first day, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. You know, but to see somebody who was like, 
you know, six months sober and to see them smile and to be happy and be yeah. okay in their skin, like, I was like, I want that. Yeah. That's what I want, you know? So that's another part of it, you know? I just wanted to be able to, to spread hope and just, you know, you let people know that you don't have to be silent about this topic. You know, there's nothing to be ashamed of, yeah. you know, because I can almost guarantee you about 50% of America is going through the same thing some people are going through, yeah. you know. So if, the more we talk about it, the easier it's going to get. Mm-hmm. So That's great. Yeah. All right, Matt. Well, uh, thanks for coming on the podcast, yeah, sharing your story. Thanks um, awesome. I'll put your Facebook um, page in the link or in, uh, link on the show notes and stuff, too, awesome. so people can click on it. But, uh, yeah, thanks again, man. Well, I'm, thank I'm you for proud, having me. I'm proud of, of what you're doing and thank what you've you. accomplished you. and uh, hopefully yet, uh, hope for your uh, future success. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks again to Matt Zaitis for being on the podcast today. It's important to me because in my family we've had addicts and, and for people to get their story out there. And I think Matt's is uh, remarkable uh, what he went through and where he's at and what he's doing now to help people. Is, uh, like I said, it's just, it's just great. So thanks for being on the podcast, Matt. Thanks to Real JP Multimedia, Cuttlefish Graphics, Perrysburg Junior High STEM Lab, and Big Daddy Graphics for helping out the podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.